Peter, welcome to the show. How are we getting on? Good, not too bad. Uh, glad to be here. It's exciting, it's actually it's liberating, not not having uh, any notes done for anything. That's good, man. That's good. I'm happy to hear it. It's actually really funny that you know when you finally signed on to the Zoom call, I, I was sitting here and I was going, "Thank God he showed up," because last night I sat down at my laptop for half an hour cursing you thinking he's after not showing up for the podcast i'm like this guy runs his own podcast how does he not know we're on and then i look and i go, I go into dm you on instagram and i'm like oh what's the story and i look at the message i see tuesday look at the top of my laptop screen i see it's monday i'm like oh fuck i'm after messing this up myself now so i was literally i was sitting there going oh i have the wrong date this is great so uh, yeah it was, a, it was a nice productive evening yesterday sitting at the laptop yeah no it, well in fairness i've done that as well i remember um last um i'd say it must have been last like june doing an episode and i sat for easily 45 minutes because i really wanted to talk to the person that was coming on and i was like where the fuck is he like nobody is that busy that they're 45 minutes late like he's just not coming and i had an email typed out being really nice and like really trying hard not to be passive aggressive, like really, like really carefully choosing and re-choosing my language that I was using. And then I realized that I was a week ahead of myself, that it was like the 27th and I was there on the 20th or whatever, like, you know, but yeah, no, I've done that a few times, be an hour early or a day early or I've never been a day late, thankfully, that'd be worse. Yeah, no, that is a lot worse. I've actually, I've just found like, especially because I'm scheduling people now a few weeks in advance. Like I know we only organized this recently, but like I have people up until like mid-February there, thereabouts. And so like I'm on, I'm on top of it so much, but then when it gets to the actual week of, like my days, especially just being at home, my days are just running into each other. It's like yesterday I was sitting down, I was thinking it was Tuesday. Of course it was Monday, just all over the place. And then sure, feck it, what can you do? But I mean, look, at least we're on now. Um, so look, I feel like you're one of these guys who I've, I, I started listening to podcasts maybe nine months ago and I just, I'm not even a big CrossFit guy, but I was just hooked at, you know, the quality of guests you had on and just, you know, it really, I suppose, a lot of inspiring stories, some great training tips and, you know, some good talk about some good coffee, which is uh, obviously a, a secondary hobby of mine. But um, do take me back to maybe before you ever had the podcast or anything else, CrossFit, like where, where, where does that interest come from? Was it just kind of like you were always into training and you just decided, all right, I'm going to try this out for a while or like what kind of got you into it at the very start? Um, I kind of fell into it by accident, really. Um, I suppose I'd always, um, if I go back, I think I was always kind of searching for something in hindsight, like, and I didn't, like, I obviously just didn't know what it was. Like, um, I think uh, I dipped my toe in a lot of, like, team sports kind of half-heartedly when I was younger like I kind of grew up um yeah I was gonna say isolated there but that makes me sound like I was growing up behind a wire or something um but I think my brother was like he was four years older than me so he was in boarding school and I was in, like kind of in I guess formative years of primary school if you know what I mean and then um we lived a bit out the country and there was no real like clubs or there was nothing around there was no one my age around like so I think when I was in uh, like fourth, fifth, sixth class, like, you know, around nine to 12, I suppose, I spent a lot of t- a lot of my time, like just kind of watching TV and eating shit and doing nothing basically. Cause there was, I just had an, an infinite amount of excuse, excuses not to do anything. And then no like draw to go and do anything. Cause there was no one 
you know, knocking on the door. There was no one around really. Like, yeah. Um, and then I suppose I gained a lot of weight then uh, throughout that time and continued to do so through secondary school. I boarded in secondary school as well. I started smoking when I was like 13 because you're in boarding school and there's nothing else to do. Like, um, and then I think I kind of just kind of floated through life somewhat until I was around like maybe 20, 21. And I kind of realized like, this is fucking going nowhere. Like, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to get anything out of this really. Like, um, I didn't know what I was going to do, but I just knew that what I was doing then was shit. Like there was just no, it was just utterly pointless. Like there was no, I wasn't doing anything. I wasn't gaining anything from what I was doing. And I wasn't, definitely wasn't happy. Like, um, and I was living in England at the time. Uh, and I was managing, uh, <laughs> I was managing a Jamaican nightclub <laughs> in, in Croydon. Um, and yeah, there was, I came home, I came home and then I think I came home for Christmas or something. And I went back, remember there was the riots in Croydon that time and London. Yeah. There was, yeah, it was around then came home and I applied to do, uh, applied to go back to college and do teaching. I had been in UCD doing arts and I dropped out. Um, I think I just had too much freedom after boarding school. I just didn't know what to do with myself. I was like, wait, we don't have to go to anything. This is ridiculous. Like, so I just didn't go to anything. Um, <clears throat> and then when I came back, I kind of, with a view of like going back to college would be coming up. And I kind of had been fed up of spending, I suppose my secondary school and the first attempt at college being kind of like annoyed with myself for how I looked and how I felt. And like, I just wasn't happy. Like, so I was like, right, I'll, I'll change that now before I go back to college. I'll have a better college experience or a better like social experience this time. So I think I was like maybe 20, three or 24 stone or something and i ate <laughs> i ate uh, lettuce and a tin of tuna for lunch um every day for i'd say four months um yes. and i like i ate like you know wheatabix or, or whatever like you know i just could that was that was my thing that i was like right Tuna's healthy, like, you know, it shows yeah. what, what my mindset was at the time. Like, this is a guy who was eating, like, fucking three packets of wagon wheels or whatever, like, watching a movie, you know, six months previously. Like, so, um, any change was going to have a drastic effect, really. But I went back to college then, um, and I kind of played a bit of rugby in college, and I kind of got a bit more involved in kind of physical activity, I suppose. Um, and I remember, like, running like walking and running and stuff before i went back to college so that obviously helped when i got to to college um and then i met my now wife when i was in college and i remember getting the impression that if she like if i continue to smoke i'd have no chance at her at all so i just stopped smoking so that was about i'd say 12 about 12 years of smoking and then i yeah. just stopped um started going out with her she was into like you know fitness she had she had done crossfit i think i didn't know this at the time but she had done crossfit so she kind of had a bit of an understanding of what like training was and stuff more than i did anyway um and then we like joined a ben dunn together trained there together i met my friend dean there he kind of like 
introduced himself. He's a personal trainer in there. He did a program up for us. Kind of, I'm still in touch with him now. He's a great guy. Um, but yeah, we moved home then, and there was a new gym opening up, uh, Wolfram Fitness, and we went in. We went into another gym, and it was one of those, you know, like direct debits play yeah. like whatever and I was like fuck I don't know about that commitment like I don't know if we'll be here for the summer or forever or what like I don't really want to sign up for something and then cancel it and pay a fee or whatever so Wolfhound had just opened up and uh, we went in they actually hadn't opened yet and we went in and uh, what I now know as Joe was there and um, I kind of was like oh ah, I don't really know about doing classes like it's not really my thing like you know because I was picturing like a spinning class and I was like fuck that I'm not getting involved with being shouted at um, I was like, oh, I don't know, I mean, come in and do our own thing. And I was kind of, I remember looking around being like, where the fuck is everything like? Do you know, there was no machines. There was no nothing like. Yeah. Couldn't figure it out. Um, and yeah, like went to a class, uh, loved it. Like I loved the company and the misery. Like I loved the, like that everyone was doing the same thing and everyone felt the same. And no matter what level you're at, everyone felt the same. And it wasn't CrossFit. Like I think it was like that kind of Tabata hit like it didn't really have a name. Like he never gave it a name to us. He just said, you're going to do this and then you're going to do this and then you're going to do this. And we were like, right, okay. Started doing it, enjoyed it. Came back, kept coming back, kept coming back. Then like AMRAPs started coming up and like WADs started being mentioned and stuff and kind of thought nothing of it. Like, and it was just like, I don't really know what any of this stuff is, whatever. And then it was like, oh, the open is on. Like, does anyone have an interest in doing the open? And I was like, what's oh, the open? And my wife did it. She loved it. I loved being there when she was doing it. I kind of did a couple of the workouts, whatever. And then just before I realized what was going on, I absolutely fucking loved CrossFit. Like, and I, <laughs> it's not like, uh, you know, there's those things of like, oh, people who do CrossFit only talk about CrossFit. And it's like, I was almost ashamed to talk about it because of that stereotype, because it was like, oh, if I talk about it now, everyone's going to say, oh, like, he's typical just doing CrossFit and now we won't shut up about it. But, um, I think I always think of it as more so as functional fitness than CrossFit, especially in Wolfham, because I've been to other gyms, other CrossFit gyms, and they do, you know, a strength, some kind of strength session and then a workout. Whereas with, with Joe and Katie and what they've set up, you've got a choice. You do like a strength class, like a, a you know, 18 week planned ahead strength arc uh, culminating in like testing yourself. Or you can totally avoid that if you want and just do workouts all the way through and build up your fitness. Or you can totally avoid the workouts and just do cardio sessions. And if that's your focus, but I think, you know, their main, uh, their main goal is for clients and people to realize like, oh, I should probably do a mix of everything here. Like that's how I'm really going to benefit myself is by doing everything. And I think there was a long time where I only did workouts because I was like, fucking get really fit. And the best way to get pull-ups is by constantly filling up pull-ups. Um, and then I kind of realized like, you know, after chat to Joe and stuff being like, yeah, I should probably just do like 18 weeks of consistent strength and then see where I am. And then, you know, like uh, gradually improve rather than just consistently attempting muscle-ups, hoping that some lightning is going to strike and I'll just get above the bar. Like, But um, yeah, so I think it was... Uh, I suppose a, a serendipitous finding. I think I was always looking for something. I was always looking for a kind of community thing that I missed out on maybe when I was younger because I didn't play GA. I didn't, maybe didn't get it. Like even up until recently, I didn't get the whole like, you know, culture of community. I was just like, you know, go to the fucking gym and work out if you want to or go and listen to records if that's what you want to do or go and do whatever. You don't need, to, you don't need company to do it. 
But I think recently I kind of realized that the community aspect is everything. Like I chose or we chose where we're going to live based off that gym. We decided like we'll st- we're happy here. We'll stay here mainly because of that gym. Um, like my child's godfather is my coach. Like some of my best friends I would never have met if I hadn't gone to that gym. And I know Orla would say the same. So, and I know it's like, it's a focal point in our life where it's like, we'll talk about it if we're not there or we'll, you know, so many of those people are at our wedding. We've been at other weddings. Like, you know, it's, it, it's become yeah. like an epicenter for everything. Like, and I think um, it's the community that draws you in and keeps you there. Like, even if there's times where you lose interest or there's times where like, you know, you might get pissed off at stuff that's happening or there might, you know, like a little bit of politics might crop up or, you know, something niggly might happen there's still that draw of community just drags you back in, like whether it's FOMO or whether it's like a genuine love of what's going on, there's always something there to pull you back in to kind of keep you, you know, uh, keep you coming when motivation is low or to make you enjoy it even more when motivation is high, you know? Yeah, absolutely, man. It's it's funny one with CrossFit because I feel like I remember sitting down Netflix a few years ago, they had some, I don't know, maybe it was a Rich Froning movie or one of those CrossFit documentaries that was done. And I was fascinated. I was like, this thing is amazing. And on one hand, I had this, you know, this fascination with the sport and thinking this is a crazy way to train. These people are so fit. And then on the other side, you know, you'd have the kind of like the, the gym bros and the bodybuilders going, oh, CrossFit isn't lifting. And there was like this polarizing nearly separation between the two. You were either in, you know, strength training or you were CrossFit. And it was, it's a bit of a strange one in my head where I was like, all right, which is the right one to be in? Like, which is actually mm. one seemed a lot more applicable to life. And then the other kind of seemed, I suppose, very functional in one sense. But like from, from your perspective, while a lot of people would see it more as kind of like a very, I suppose, closed out nearly like I've heard people refer to sometimes even as kind of like a culty aspect, whereas you said, you know, people always think, oh, all they want to talk about is CrossFit. But like, really, it was it was something that turned your life around into a positive brought in training into your life in an atmosphere that you enjoyed and that you liked to keep up. And then on top of it, you made friends and you had this community built around you. And like, I feel like that's a more real approach to why people get so invested in these gyms. They get so invested in this style of training. It's not just down to, you know, the workouts. There's kind of, there's, there's a whole lot of other aspects, but I'd be right in saying that. Yeah. And I think even CrossFit have realized that themselves as well, where like, you know, the games and the documentaries and the, fucking insane feats of human ability like that you see that's like your Champions League final that's your you know Super Bowl like you know Hail Mary pass that gets played over and over again that's like the pinnacle of like you know just ridiculous achievement but that's what like you know that's what I want Sloan to see when she's old enough and be like fuck I want to like you know, reach some way towards being able to do some of that stuff. Like, I don't want her to, you know, drive herself into the ground trying to be the best there is, but I want her to see what the human body is capable of and think, I want a taste of something of that. Like, I want to test myself, my own, like, you know, nutshell and see what I'm capable of. Um, I think that they're the, you know, I've said a few times on my own show that like anyone who's ever thrown an American football in America, they've seen the Super Bowl. Like anyone who's ever gone out and kicked a ball in the park, they've seen match of the day or they've seen what, you know, like Champions League or whatever. Like you need that uh, top, top, top tier to inspire the whole way down. 
but I think CrossFit themselves have realized the, the, the importance of the community aspect because since Eric has taken over, there's a bigger push on like the older people as in like, you know, 70 year olds and um, younger like kids, like all their media stuff that they're putting out now is a lot more like um, there's a lot less. Okay, if you follow CrossFit games, it's fucking all games athletes. But if yeah. you follow CrossFit itself, there's a lot more about like, you know, the longevity as in like grandparents playing with their kids as opposed to, you know, snatching or whatever. Like, um, I think th- like the main reason that I train now, like I'm never going to be, uh, you know, close to a level, a competitive level that, you know, a 10 year old would dream of being or whatever. But I train because I want to train. I want to be able to play with Sloan's kids like or I want to be able to stand up out of a chair on my own or change my trousers when I'm 70 like or you know stand up off the toilet after a shift when I'm 80 like you know they're the things that I want <laughs> to be able to do so yeah. I figure if I put in the work now I will be able to do those things um but I think yeah the community and the longevity and the 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 kind of long-term benefits for just existence outweigh like anything else like there's there's no there's no bad fitness like there's nothing if you're if you're moving and you're happy moving just fucking keep moving whatever keeps you moving keep doing it like once you're not like sacrificing kids or anything like who gives a shit like once you're doing something that is morally okay and it's not jeopardizing your body further down the line go for it do whatever you want to do but i think something that gets lost a lot in crossfit is that like you know the the kind of the unique selling point of it is that it's constantly varied and infinitely scalable, but people often forget the infinitely scalable thing. And they think that if Rich Froning is doing it and he's one of the best, I should be doing it. So if he's like hands on walking over a ramp and I'm not hands on walking over a ramp, there's something wrong with me. Like I need to push harder. I need to train. I need to do this. I need to do that. It's like, no, just fucking relax yourself. Like he's been doing this for years. And like, you know, they like he, his whole life is built around making sure that he has the capacity and time to train to get to that level and to maintain that level you're like 25 you're working in an office you have you know a marriage a wedding on the way you've got a kid on the way whatever like fucking stay in your lane like you know it's infinitely scalable so if he's walking over a ramp on his hands just go for a fucking run like you know once you're challenging your body and you're you know pushing yourself a little bit and like red line in the odd time and green line and sometimes and staying within your comfort zone other times and you know pushing it a bit whatever who cares just fucking move yourself so that in 10 15 years time you can look back and be like thank fuck i started doing something then or i kept doing something then i didn't stop doing it because i think the there's like kind of and i've fallen victim to it in the past as well it's kind of uh like uh unintentional and very irrational thing about like scaling about like you know not being able to do certain movements that there's something wrong with it like that there's you know that it's a failure on your part but it's like it's more so that it's ridiculous capabilities on their part than it is failure on your part and like there's you know the the good thing about it is that anyone can do it, but it's like, yeah, anyone can do it provided you've got like 10 open hours a day and no distractions and your food is being prepped for you and handed to you. And you've got this ridiculous home setup, and you've got all these coaches telling you what to do. And you've got four or five years of experience behind you, 
you know, like you've put the hours in, whatever. It's like, you know, Brandon that works in his office and is coming in for maybe he maybe he just has like exactly 60 minutes spare a day. Forget it. Like, you know, just yeah. don't put yourself under that pressure. And I think that's something that CrossFit um, people have fallen into in the past of being like, well, if you're not a games athlete, you're fucking wasting your time. Or if you're not aspiring to be there, if you're not aspiring to be on a podium somewhere, you're wasting your time. It's like, it doesn't have to be a competition. If you wanted to be, and if that pushes you on, go for it. But it doesn't have to be. And I think those uh, documentaries and stuff that you mentioned are great and they're exciting to watch. And the game's exciting to watch, but it's the games. like it's That's the world championships. So if you're basing your own success against that, you're on a hiding to nothing. It's not going to end well, you know? Yeah, 100%, man. And I mean, more so down to yourself then. Like, you went from a guy who obviously was struggling with his weight, even if maybe he didn't feel like he was struggling. And I suppose you reached this point where you feel you need to turn things around. And you took quite that extreme approach with the lettuce and the tuna. And you know what? Like, I feel like there's so especially educated. like, I, I feel like I, I've been in a similar position myself during like over the years. And you do take those extreme approaches at times. But I mean, as things progressed, and I suppose your training changed and maybe your interest changed and the, maybe the reason why you were training probably changed. But I mean, how did you progress things in terms of upskilling yourself to understand what actually was the right way to eat? And I suppose, like, was it the case that you were aiming for, you know, weight to be lost specifically or what was your reason for training? Um, I think originally my reason for training was, to, yeah, for weight loss. And because I think way back, it would have given me common ground with people as well to be like, oh, yeah, I work out as well. Like, you know, yeah, um, I think then I had certain goals like, you know, like personal ones in my head of like, oh, I'd love to be able to do a pull up. And then it was like, you know, I'd love to be able to do five pull ups and oh, I'd love to be able to whatever um, get to a certain weight uh like on my squat or you know that kind of stuff um now in hindsight it's funny like when I look back I think a point came where I realized like I remember back squatting 150 kilos in the gym in Wolfhound and I remember being chuffed with myself and turning around and looking at Joe's face and I just remember Joe kind of like he like nodded but he didn't really say anything and I was like I definitely didn't squat deep enough there. Like, you know, I straight away had a realization of like, there was something wrong with that. Or he would have been like, whoa, you know, like jumping around the yeah. place. The fact that he was just kind of like, yeah, good. Yeah. I was like, no, there's something wrong there. So I've never, I don't know if I'll ever squat 150 kilos. And I think I remember having like an obsession with numbers of being like, right, I need to be able to bench this much or squat this much or you know, do a 5k in this time or do whatever, you know, like I had an obsession with like improving in that kind of way for a while. And then I think I just kind of realized like, what the fuck is the point? Like, like if I can back squat 150 kilos, literally what difference does that make to who I am as a person or what I am capable of or what I've achieved? Like nothing. It's literally a number on in a notebook or on a whiteboard or whatever. Like it just genuinely makes no difference. Like if I can move a bar, with weight on it up and down in a full range of motion that's better than moving a heavier weight and not doing it in full range of motion just for my longevity like yeah and i think i've wavered i've had like peaks peaks and troughs of like you know peaks of those kind of moments of like lucid realization of like there's no point like it doesn't matter it doesn't matter what that guy beside me is doing or what the other lad is doing like it just matters that i'm moving and i'm happy moving and i'm 
you know, I'm feeling good about it. And then I'd have troughs where it's like, why the fuck is that guy lifting so much more than I am? And like, why are they so much faster than me at this? And oh, why is the number on the scales not going down? Or why is the measuring tape like not moving in closer? Like, what the fuck am I doing wrong or whatever? And then I'll have another peak where I'm like, oh, who gives a shit? Like, you know, I'm happy, I'm moving, and blah, blah, blah. I think it's just about balancing that out, like, and kind of yeah. finding some kind of homeostasis where it's just like, yeah, everything's grand. Like, nothing's amazing and nothing's shit. Like, it's just, it's a, a means to an end to move and be healthy. And, you know, and like, I still struggle with my weight. I've always struggled with my weight from like four class up. Um, but I think I just kind of have a better understanding of it now where it's like, uh if my if my measurements don't change i'll know why as opposed to being like fuck's sake like you know and beat myself up over it it's like yeah i probably wasn't as strict as i should have been if i really want to make change like you know if i was really really strict i might see change in a month whereas the way i'm going now i might see change in three months so i just have to accept that or else change what i'm doing like you know um but i think my reasons for changing have changed consistently but and like, so was my motivation to train. But like, I think like I've had, I'd say yesterday and today are the first two days in, I'd say about like six months where I've enjoyed, like really enjoyed training two days in a row. Like really just been like, fuck, I'm really enjoying this. And then doing something else and being like, oh, I'm fucking really loving this. Like, like I did uh, strength training yesterday I did Olympic lifting yesterday and I went for a run yesterday and I enjoyed the three things I did strength today I did Olympic lifting today and I enjoyed the two things that hasn't happened to me in about six months like I've had days where I'm like fuck that I'm not bothered like I've had days where I'm like oh god I'll go and do something I'm just going through the motions like no emotional investment in it at all barely any yeah. physical investment like so I think you just have to kind of ride out those shit days and know that like you know motivation will come back eventually and you'll feel great but then when you are motivated and you feel great, you need to remember that for the next time it's gone and that you need to just keep going until it comes back, you know? Yeah, man, I feel like that's the normal life approach, though. And I feel like sometimes people live their lives like in such extremes that they worry if they're if they're having these peaks and troughs that suddenly there's something wrong with them. And the truth yeah. is, no matter how, like whether you're at the, you know, the fully professional level or whether you're someone who's just in it at a passive, you know, personal level, people don't realize that everyone has those on and off days and it's okay to even, even if they go long-term a little bit, it's quite normal, but like, particularly like we, we can't, I suppose, not bring it up as much as I, I try not to a lot of the time, but say the lockdowns and, you know, everything in the past year for a guy like you, who was, you know, built around his community and built around group training, I'd imagine it had quite an impact on maybe your motivation to train or maybe the way you trained. So, I mean, how did you cope in that sense when you've had, you know, gyms closed and they're open you know, long periods of time where you might only be able to train at home. How did you tackle that? And how did, how did it impact you in terms of wanting to train and also progress? Um, I suppose like our gym was really good. So they rented out equipment. Um, so the first time in March, we rented an assault bike. I still don't know why we picked that, but anyway, we rented an assault bike. Um, and I have a bar on a platform or got me a bar and a lifting platform like last a couple about three years ago or something for christmas so we had that um but we rented a few little bits and bobs off wolfhound um and they programmed so there was like motivation was really fucking high at the start like it was really like you know we're all in this together like and the weather was good and you know it was like fuck it like i remember doing intervals outside on the bike i remember 
uh, I watched Star Wars on the bike and, you know, like doing stuff like that, just being like, oh, I'm just going to move. I like, I'm not going to waste this time or whatever. Yeah. And then like the gyms opened back up and, you know, I was good, um, weird, but good. Um, and then they closed again and it was like, right. Okay. Like, you know, the kind of, that good feeling was gone and the, you know, it was just like, right again, really like, are we really going to go through all this again? Like, um, there was a lot less, like, there's a lot less kind of chatter on social media and stuff. Like, I remember the first time there was all these challenges, there's all this stuff going on, like whatever. And the second time it was just like, okay, like, here we go again. And like, even the general, like societal, uh, shift from like rolling this together to be like that was not wearing a fucking mask like you know the there's kind of a, a general change in mood in the country I think um so I suppose that had a bit of an impact like but I think like I suppose I just kind of accepted like it's not gonna be like 2020 uh training is not gonna be 2019 training it's not gonna be I'm not gonna look back at the end of the year and be like well fuck me have an eye come far it's like no like in all likelihood you're not gonna you don't have an eyes on coach like you don't have someone saying like you're shifting a bit there to the left on your squat like you might need to strip it back and fix that so I don't know if I'm doing it right or doing it wrong but it feels okay so I keep doing it like or you know I'm, my lifting isn't gonna my olympic lifting won't come on because I'm not experienced enough in it to coach myself and I'm you know it's different like Joe watching me on a fucking zoom call is different than him standing behind me walking up to me and saying like you were too impatient there you need to do this whatever so i accepted that stuff like that was going to suffer or maybe just plateau like suffer is probably the wrong word i think i was lucky because i had orla and we have such similar interests and we had like there was a lot of days where it was just like just fucking go and train like just go and do something like because if you go i'll go and if you don't go i won't go there was that kind of thing um i think as well though i think even going back to say pre-lockdown I knew it was going to be a different year anyway because we had a baby like priorities were shifting like there was like the gym became lower on the list like I still loved it I still wanted to go but it just became like some days it became an inconvenience like some days it became I was going and feeling guilty when I was gone or I was kind of rushing back because like you know if Sloan was upset or like she had reflux at the start and stuff and it was like oh, I don't want to leave Orland on for too long it's not fair or like there's a lot of that so I suppose I, I kind of maybe lockdown impacted me less because I had already kind of shifted my focus away from it. Like I leaned away from it a little bit. So I wasn't as lost when it was gone. Um, and maybe online, like maybe suited me a bit better because I could just like log in, log out or do my own thing at 10 o'clock instead of having to be somewhere at five o'clock. Um, so I guess in hindsight, maybe definitely the first lockdown maybe suited me a bit because as I say, I kind of leaned away a bit. I was given a bit more control over my timing and stuff and less guilt. And I remember the assault bike, the assault bike used to stop Sloan crying. Um, if you did sprints in the assault bike, she'd be, yeah, she'd be fucking roaring and you start sprints and she'd just stop and like, look at it. So I did a lot of sprints in the assault bike. I remember my friend Vincent, is he was doing like a, a PhD or a master's or something. Um, he's going to give out to me now for getting that wrong but he gave me like a 12 day program on the assault bike that he was doing some research on recovery or something. Um, yeah, that came in handy because, you know, Sloan is in a bad mood. I'm like, right, bring her out the kitchen here and I'll do my training for Vincent, like, and just plop her down in front of the wheel. And she'd just be like, Wah! and stop immediately. Um, but then I'd start crying. <laughs> but uh, No, I think, I think this time now um, I'm just 
forcing myself to train, even if I'm not enjoying it, I'm just forcing myself to move in some capacity every day. Um, even if it's just a walk, just to be like, not to have regrets at 10 o'clock that night to be like, fuck's sake, why didn't I do something like, um, like even I had a friend text me today being like, you know, how's training going? I was like, yeah, yeah, good. Actually felt good the last couple of days. He was like, oh, I'm going to do something today now. Um, you know, I haven't been overeating, but I haven't trained either. And I was like, well, not overeating is the fucking big thing. Like, cause it's the easiest thing to slip into. Like, it's so easy. Like you have a fucking restaurant beside your office where you're working. If you're working from home, so you have your fridge is right there. Like, and there's a lot less shame about going eating something because you don't have to walk into the staff room or, you know, that kind of way. Like, yeah. Um, so yeah, I was proud of him for not, uh, not slipping on that, but like, yeah, he moved afterwards and, you know, he seemed to feel good about it. I think that's it. If you just like, especially when motivation is, rock bottom you just need to do something in the hopes that it'll come back so go for a walk go for a run do whatever like you know um like do 100 burpees just do 50 burpees do anything like that'll take you five there was days last week where i did a workout that took three minutes just so i had done something i could tick it off in my head and not give out to myself at 11 o'clock lying in bed feeling a bit restless being like why didn't i do something at least i did something no matter how short it was even like it, i would barely notice a spike in my heart rate but i did something and that was grand and now i'm glad of it now because now it's like well, thank god i did something last week because i feel so good about my training this week and i feel like i haven't wasted time because at least i was doing something you know yeah as well i kind of i kind of feel like with the way things have been the past few months it's a good outlet even if you're not necessarily progressing which you know having personal bests or anything like that to feel like you're doing something with the week other than sitting on your ass watching Netflix, which has kind of been the only option a lot of the mm. time, especially when the weather starts to get bad. You know, it's definitely, it's a good positive outlet. Like for me, my walk during the day, or, you know, if it's just doing a small workout at home, that will make the biggest difference to the day because it, it breaks the monotony. And suddenly, you know, you're not just bored off your head thinking, when is this shit going to end? You're just doing something that actually has a bit of purpose. And like, even there's there's been days here where like, Sloan has been a rat at like three o'clock in the afternoon and we'd be like what the fuck is wrong with her like you know why is she suddenly and then we'd be like I bet she's because she hasn't been anywhere like she's just been yeah. in the living room or her bed because it's pissing rain like so she, so we go for a drive and into the shop or something just to you know like move her around or whatever and she's in great form then and it's the same for us like to I suppose just in a, in a different like outlet but like I wouldn't I wouldn't like it being bad form or anything but like I think people need that outlet they need that like change of scenery or that like just to go into a different room and do something different and come back I'm like ah oh, girl I've done something now like as opposed to just kind of vegetating um but I think like there's 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 a couple of different approaches and like some of it kind of aggravates me sometimes there's that kind of aggressive approach that you see on social media sometimes where it's like you know don't you fucking dare waste this time and don't you fucking blame whatever like don't blame covid for your lack of progress like fucking relax man like you know you're not yeah. helping anyone like um i think just that the general message like is like the the most important message i think to share is just like to just do literally anything so that you can look back at the end of the day and be like, I didn't just sit down for the entire day. I actually did something, even if it's just fucking Hoover the house, like, you know, just do something that moves you around a little bit. And then if that, you know, grad gradually improves to 
going for a walk outside and then going for a run and then running a little bit, walking a little bit and then doing some push-ups and then doing whatever. Like, you know, if you gradually just increase it, eventually you'll be like, geez, I, don't, I didn't even realize I got to this point where I was doing this workout or whatever. Like, and I think as well, it's really good that there's so many, like I know you had Mike on the other week and it's like, you got so many free opportunities now where people are just crying out to help people. Like, so you've got so yeah. many options. You can either pay someone to help you or you've got these random things popping up every so often for little bits of motivation, like filthy did something. Um, and like loud and live did like online stuff and you've got Wade or doing something with Emma McQuaid now. And you know, you've got Mike's doing his big class and stuff like, so I think there's all, if you keep an eye out, there's always an opportunity for you to do something and just fucking get involved. Like, you know, take one step and then take another one. 100%. I feel like it's it's definitely been a year where like people are really trying to help people. And although the community aspect has maybe dropped off a little bit, as you know, it's dragged on, there's still a lot of people out to help out just for the sake of wanting to. And they might not have anything to necessarily gain, but like guys like Mike and, you know, a lot of just general gyms and personal trainers or just your average Instagram influencer, a lot of them are, are doing a bit of good, even if, if maybe it's not all of them. Mm. But I mean, so... I feel like having you on the podcast, I can't not talk about coffee pods and what. Mm-hmm. And it's the case that, like, I'm not sure if, if any of the listeners will have, will have heard it if they're not necessarily CrossFit fans, but man, you've had one hell of a year. Like, I'm looking at your podcast and I'm just seeing, like, the caliber of guests and, like, the quality of the interviews. And, like, even for me, someone who is probably on the fringes of paying attention to the CrossFit community, I listen in weekly because I just find the interview so engaging. It's like, talk to me about when you started the podcast off. I mean, what sparked it for you? What made you think, oh, I should do a podcast? Um, yeah, I think uh, I had Filthy 150 was on a competition up in, uh, it was in Punchestown, November last, like two years, last year, two years ago, <laughs> November 19. And um, Tim Polson from, he's a games athlete like he'd be high caliber he was in our gym he was at it and he was in our gym beforehand and he was doing like a seminar you know like uh we like paid to go and work with him and get some tips and whatever like and ma- mainly just for the experience really and got chatting to him we like a few of us went out for dinner afterwards and we were kind of chatting and i knew like i followed him for a long time I remember i had been in madison like where the games is held um the previous summer and I followed him on Instagram and I was literally like retracing his steps a day later because he was like, oh, I'm going to such and such a, a coffee shop. And he put up a picture and I'm like, sure, I didn't know where to go. So I go on to his stories and be like, oh, look at this place Tim was today. Like, that looks really good. Like, they're all wearing leather aprons and shit. Like, it must be legit. Um, so then uh, we'd go there the next day and whatever. So I was saying to him then, like, I was like, oh, like, I must return the favor because I basically based my tour of madison off where you had gone so i'll return the favor so he was like oh well i'm going to galway and i'm going to dublin and I, like he lists off a few places so i was like right grand so i sent him a message um a couple of days later with like galway and like four coffee shops like Kerry, any place i knew he was going and like dublin was where i knew best so i sent like six from dublin so he messaged me then he like tagged, tagged me in a couple of stories and messaged me and was like geez this place is like really nice or whatever and i was like oh if you like this place you should go to this place like so he he went to all the ones i said in dublin and a couple of the ones i said in galway and um i had said it to joe like you know oh uh, i sent him on a bit of a a tour of coffee and he seemed to enjoy it or whatever and he was like 
or have you ever seen that shit pints of Guinness um, yeah. Instagram page? And he was like, you should do like a shit flat white and like, you know, tag place, whatever. And I had actually seen someone do a, not as aggressive as shit, but they were like rating flat whites um, on Instagram. And I was like, oh, no, I've seen that. I was like, I, I would start a podcast, though. Um, and I then I just immediately texted like coffee pods and wads. And I remember saying like coffee pods and wads. And then in brackets, I was like pods as in like podcast, not as in like little Nespresso pods or whatever. And that was on like the Friday. And then on Saturday, I drew a logo out on a piece of paper. And I texted to him. And I think I, I in like I didn't think I had anything of it at the time, but I think in hindsight, I was just saying it to him like out loud and making it clear that I wasn't taking the pace more so for myself, like that it was like, this isn't like, I'll actually do something about this now because if I don't, Joe will forever be thinking like, oh, I just remember the time he had that stupid idea about doing the podcast and he didn't do anything about it. So one of my friends, a graphic designer, Gary, he does all the stuff for me. Still does his resound. Um, if anyone needs that and done, I'll put them in touch. Um, but I sent him a picture of it and I was like, Would you be able to do something up with this? And he was like, I'd say within an hour, he sent me back something like this. Um, and then got loads of different stuff made up. And then I was like, fuck, I really have to do something now. So uh recorded a, a what would you call it, like a practice episode with Joe's brother, uh, after reassuring him that I'd never air it like uh just because he he wouldn't be the type. So that went all right anyway. And then I asked Joe and Joe said he'd do it. And then I think like since then, I've definitely gotten at times similar to the training, I've gotten obsessed with numbers uh, intermittently, like being like, oh, like why did that episode not do well? Like why is it not tracking well? Like why has it only got like, you know, 300 listens? Like what's wrong with that one? Like compared to the last one, like, oh, why is it not? Why, why are, is the... Instagram posts not getting as many likes or why have not why have like not a lot of people tagged it in their stories or shared or whatever maybe no one's listening but like when that happens I just kind of stop them like I kind of catch the feeling happening and think like man you started off at one follower and that was yourself like you followed your own page from your private page and you were the only follower until your wife followed it and then your first guest followed it and you, that's where that's where you started. You started with no pre, like no history in it, no media background, no contacts, no like the only contact you had starting out was your first guest, and then everything else was a reach after that. You were pulling in favors, or you were just like blagging your way to talking to different people. And I kind of remind myself of that as I go. If I ever get pissed off with where I am, like I remember like a couple of weeks ago, I was at like I think it was like. 3,148 followers and I was like man would it be great to be at 10,000 because you get swipe up like so it's just so handy if you ever dream for podcast yeah Yeah. and uh, I remember it went up by four and down by four every day for six days it was like bots following and unfollowing just up and it was four every day and I was getting so pissed off with it. Like, I was like, just fucking go up or go down or don't move, but stop like teasing me with these, like, oh, you're above like 250. No, you're back down again. Um, and then I just kind of did that like little routine with myself of, of like, you were your own first follower. Like you followed yourself. You literally like patted yourself on the back before anyone else did. So just remember that like, um, yeah. And then it just, I think it just, kind of spiraled out of control 
a little bit last March with lockdown. Um, it had been going grand, like, you know, I think I had a couple of hundred followers and maybe a hundred, a hundred listens per episode or something. Um, and like, then like Emma McQuaid did an episode and, you know, like that got a bit of kind of attention, like, you know, kind of spread a little bit. And then PD Savage did an episode and that kind of spread a bit and then lockdown hit. And then I was like kind of twiddling my thumbs being like, oh, I can't really go anywhere. I can't talk to anyone. I was like, fuck it. I'll just reach out to people. So I just started emailing and like DMing people. Um, and then like a few people kind of got back and, you know, good, like decent names or whatever. And then Pat Vellner replied and was like, yeah, okay. And I was like, fuck, like wasn't expecting that. Like wasn't, wasn't expecting to see it. Never mind reply or agree. So that one kind of blew up. And then I think it gives you kind of a sense of legitimacy then for other people when they see like, oh, that person's been on and they've never like, you know, they still, they still engage with the page or they haven't like blocked them or anything. So I assume it's all right, like, or they listen back to people they know. So it kind of gives an air of legitimacy to it. Um, And I think I've thrived off that or I've benefited from that um, where like I can say like, Say I spoke to Royce Dunn there. He'd be a big guy in Australia. Um, he was on like the, the Mayhem second team, Rich Froning's like second team. And I was able to introduce myself to him as being like, I've spoken to your friend, Brandon Swan. Like, and I was able to talk to, you know, uh, Noah Olson, who'd be like fairly big as well. And be like, oh, I've spoken to your agent. Like, and I've chatted to him a bit. And he, you know, we, like he knows me, like, you know, like as much as you can know someone through Instagram. But yeah. it's like, oh, I've chatted to him. And then it's like, yeah, okay, let's do it. Like, or, you know, that kind of way. Like I, you can kind of, and Instagram, <laughs> Instagram brought in a really handy feature as well, where you can delete a message sent and the person doesn't know that you've sent the message. You know, on Instagram, on WhatsApp, if I send you a message and then delete it, it comes up message deleted by sender. And you're like, oh, what do they say about me? Like, why did they delete it? Whereas on Instagram, if you delete it and it hasn't been seen, it just vanishes forever. Like, I assume yeah. it's somewhere, but like they can't see it. So I utilize that a lot of like replying to someone's story, uh, you know, inviting them on. It's not seen. I'm not going to leave like fucking 12 messages. <laughs> like when their story's got to be like, would you like to, you know, or I, you know, like all these messages or whatever. So I just delete it wait until something else pops out at me to be like oh there's some common ground i'd approach them over that send another message having to delete the first one and then at least there isn't that humiliation of like jeez this guy's keen he sent me like 25 <laughs> messages um but yeah i think like i think the the i don't know like i don't really like i don't like i don't really like talking about it that much like talking about the podcast that much because i'm a, i'm i'm always very like conscious of sounding um follow myself or braggy or anything like the truth is i don't know what i'm doing like i don't have a formula i don't have like a a a process that i follow that's like foolproof that'll like i've had i've had shit interviews like i've had interviews where i'm like stamping on my own foot to stop myself from fucking crying on mic like um i think all i do is i make sure that i'm looking forward to the interview so I don't ask someone to come on unless I want to fucking talk to them. Like, I don't ask someone to come on and be like, oh God, I'm going to have to talk to this. What am I going to talk to them about? Like, I make sure I'm interested in them. I make sure I'm excited about it. I make sure I put in an uh, equal amount of time looking them up and research them and making notes that I will talk to them, if not more. 
Um, I never want to be stuck like, oh, shit, I've nothing else to talk about now or whatever. Um, I think my main thing is that the common ground that like I've given myself three things. They have to be interested in one of them if I'm approaching them. Like they have to like coffee or listen to podcasts or be fucking interested or educational in when it comes to training. And like there's a Venn diagram there. And if I can get someone that's in the middle of all those three things, bingo. If I can get someone that's in one of them, I'll make it work like. Yeah. Um, and I think I try and pick people with value, like either either people who maybe I've heard talking on different shows and I've been like Oh, why didn't you ask them like a bit more about that? Like, or why didn't you, you should have poked a bit harder there on that. Like, or you should have, you know, like, why didn't you push a bit harder on that? Or why didn't you ask that question instead of moving on to something different? Or, you know, instead of talking about their fucking sponsors or whatever, why didn't you push a bit harder to talk about like, why did they not do well in 2018 or whatever? Um, And I think I never go out to offend anyone but I'm not going to like have someone on and not ask them something tricky, like, or I'm not going to have someone on and like, it's not gotcha. Like, I'm like, um, okay, here's a good example. Um, what, you know, Ricky Gerard, have you heard that yeah. story of, yeah. So just for anyone who doesn't know, basically he was popped for drugs after finishing on the podium. Uh, Pat Fellner, who has been on the show was like, missed his chance on the, po- to have his moment on the podium, I suppose, got like a phone call three months later telling me, actually we should have been on the podium so i spoke to pat about it he was like you know i'm not really pissed off but at him anymore like i was at the time blah, blah blah um but i think he would have liked if he had just said yeah i took drugs yeah instead of like denying it or whatever um but i'd love to talk to him and i'd love to talk to him in not a like uh i i wouldn't try and trap him i wouldn't try and like draw him into you know saying something controversial or whatever i just want to know like if he is the way he shows himself to be or if there's more to him like or if it's like a persona or whatever same with dave castro i'd love to talk to him just to be like are you actually as big a prick as you make yourself out to be or is that like a protective thing like you know obviously i wouldn't ask him in that way yeah but i think there's like a lot of the interviews that you hear with these athletes and these coaches are just like you're fucking amazing. Do you know that? Like, you know, is there any sponsors that you want to talk about there? And it's like, you know, how many calories do you eat in a day? And what's, what does your, you know, what's your training like? You know, like, how, you know, were you always amazing at thrusters? It's like, you know, I think people want to know a bit. I know I want to know a bit more than that. So I assume other people do as well. Um, and I suppose it's reassuring as well. Like, while I'm not reliant on it, it is reassuring to get messages the odd time being like, that was a fucking great interview. Like, you really made them feel relaxed or you really, whatever. Um, and I think I've only really had, I've only really gotten the sense that the person I was talking to didn't enjoy it maybe three times, four times. Um, so out of whatever, 90 is tomorrow. Out of 90 episodes, I'm happy with that. Like, I'm happy that only three or four have been like, and they haven't said they've hated it or anything. They just, they've basically not engaged at all since. So I assume they didn't really like it that much or they just don't really give a shit. Yeah. Um, but like of all the others, like I've made some really good friendships, like, you know, online friendships. So however real that is, but like I chat to a lot of the people that I've had on, I still chat to them either on email or in DMs or whatever. And I'm proud of that. Like I'm proud of the relationships that I've built up and I'm proud of like, 
I think I'm proud as well of like not selling out of like, there's been opportunities there to, you know, get a layup, like offer layup questions to make things easy for the guest and to, you know, like be all nicey, nicey and that. And I haven't taken them. I've like just been like, fuck it. I won't get them on now. I'll wait like, or I'll get this person more interesting or, you know, I've had people on that nobody's heard of or very few people have heard of. And I've had people on that everybody's heard of. And I try and treat them the same and like, you know, make them both as welcome as I can and not be like, you know, groveling at one's feet and like looking down on another like. And I think I try and invite people on that are interesting, that are engaging and that like deserve to have a bit of a spotlight shown on them, whether it's commonplace for them to have it shown on them or not. I still feel like they deserve to have it, you know? Yeah. To your credit, man, I, I think one of the my favorite parts of the podcast is definitely just though the fact, like, as you said, you have that Venn diagram where you kind of you can have a few cross sections. Someone doesn't have to necessarily tick all those boxes, but like whether you have a top games athlete or a top games coach or just your regular guy from the gym who just has an interesting story. You know, there's there's a lot of stuff that unites us or that, you know, we'd have in common, like something as simple as asking someone about a coffee they remember or, you know, what got them into something that, you know, the same way I enjoy sitting down with a flat white in a book on a weekend, they like that too. And it really, it, it humanizes these people who people may put on pedestals as such. And it's kind of, it creates a very nice atmosphere to listen to. And it's one of my favorite parts of the show is just the fact of whether it was Shane or, or whether it's some guy I've never heard of, I still have enough in it that, that interests me and that draws yeah. me in and that makes me want to listen. And, you know, I, I think that's a big part of podcast. I think it's a big part of actually communicating with an audience and you definitely do it well. So, Fair play, I, I must say. It, it is definitely something for me, hands down, that I love about coffee pods and wands. Thank you. I don't do well with compliments, so we'll move on. <laughs> <You're> grand, <man. laughs> anyway, come here. Uh, I'm conscious of time, just given the fact that uh, I usually keep these to about 40 minutes, and after just putting your daughter to bed, I imagine you're, you're after putting in a hard day. But uh, look, where can people find you, and where can people, I suppose, where's the best people... Uh, Losing my words here. I've gone a whole interview without messing up, and this is this is it. But yeah, look, where can people find you, man? Um, so at Coffee Pods and Wads. So like, that's I made the stupid mistake of when I picked all my handles of being like Coffee Pods, n, like the letter N Wads for everything, and I still don't fucking know why I did it because it just makes it awkward. Um, but at Coffee Pods and Wads on everything really, um, and then CoffeePodsandWads.com. Um, is a website and you can get t-shirts and shite there and you can there's links to all the episodes and we're on there's a few uh episodes on youtube i'm still not sure how invested i am in that i'm in that or how much traction it's getting so i don't know if it's worth the effort or not. But i'm doing it for now anyway um but there's yeah. uh, uh there's video episodes and there's little extra bits on youtube um and yeah we're on everything like spotify itunes you know all the trappings that come with that all the different things apparently actually itunes are launching a paywall which would be fucking annoying um so like similar to spotify where you have to sign up to avoid ads and stuff um surprising someone told me that yesterday that's to go it's to kind of uh not fight but you know like to to battle against patreon and spotify because they're losing like people to them so I assume we'll be really well remunerated for all our efforts <laughs> for, for when that paywall comes in and that it's not just going to suit like the 1%, but yeah, no. Um, but yeah, I can be found all that stuff. Um, and yeah, if anyone wants to get in touch, they can email um, coffeepods and wads at 
gmail.com or through any of those social things. I'm, I'm I, one thing I pride myself on as well, actually, is I don't think I've ever seen a message and not reply to it in some capacity. So I think I know how annoying it is when you write to someone and they see it and don't do anything or they never see it. Um, and I know, like, I understand people are busy and stuff, but like, you know, maybe it's different when you have a million followers, but like, it takes two seconds to reply to a message. And I think, you know, uh, I know it means a lot to me if I get a message back or I know if someone's taking the time out to say like really enjoy that episode or whatever like that's a nice thing to do so the least I can do is be like thanks very much I appreciate that um, so yeah if anyone wants to chat sure I'm only around the corner guys be sure to reach out to Peter and listen to the podcast man thanks so much for coming on I really appreciate it Cheers, guys, thank as you. always thanks for tuning in talk to you soon <laughs>